Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Well, if you came into church this morning and you used to sit right around here and, and your seat was taken, that's because Truvine Church is in the house this morning. And they got here on time, which is why your seat is taken. If, if you're with us this morning, you're, you're from Truvine, would you stand so we can welcome you? We're just so, so grateful for you. Welcome, welcome. Our house is your house. We are deeply honored that you are here with us today. Um, it's our privilege and our practice whenever we gather to, to bring our gifts to Jesus. So if you've come with tithes or offerings this morning, ushers are going to help us now. If, if you're our guest, uh, please be our guest, especially if you're from Truvine. Uh, your tithe belongs at your house. And their pastor said amen. <laughs> amen and amen. Man, oh, I'm glad I'm at church this morning. So, I, I, oh Lord, I want to share something with you that is not fully developed even in my own heart or mind right now, if I can. I, I told you that I, I went away for the beginning of the week and, and spent a few days with Jesus just kind of praying and listening and, and asking the Lord, you know, what does he want to say to me personally? How does he want us to be positioned before him this year? Uh, I'll come back usually with a teaching focus for the year. And, and, and I did, I've, I know, I know where we're going in the word, how the Lord wants to, to disciple us together. But I, I also, you know, it's, it's like a, I got to do two things at the same time. I got to like map out the full year and I need to be writing a message for when I come back on Sunday morning. And the more I wrestled with this morning's message, the, the more I realized it just wasn't coming. Um, God wasn't laying it out for me. So here's what I think I have for us this morning. I think I have not a clearly articulated, well-developed and thought-out message. I, I believe I have for us a prophetic invitation from the Lord. There are some things that Jesus has been talking to me about over the last week, week and a half there's some things that I think he wants to invite us into. And there are three passages of scripture that he's dropped on my heart. So what I'm going to do uh, with your permission this morning is I'm going to read them to you and I'm going to share with you what I think they mean and how the Lord uh, is asking us to respond to them. Uh, can we do that? Okay. I'm preaching to this section, right? This is fun. <laughs> right there. Y'all better raise your game. Uh, let's pray one more time. One more time. Jesus, there's some things I'm so excited about right now uh, that you're wanting to do in us, for us, and through us. But I don't want my passion, Lord, to get ahead of your spirit. So would you give me ears, really, to hear your voice, to discern what you're saying? And would you speak to us all collectively in a way that we could hear and respond? God, I don't believe it's by accident that Pastor Cray has brought his family to be part of our family this morning. Lord, I believe that the things you are saying to Lompoc Foursquare Church, that there is a prophetic voice that is also going to resonate with this other church, God, that, that true vine, Lord, 
is walking into some things that are going to be spirit-birthed and spirit-breathed just as we are. So, Lord, we posture ourselves to hear and to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Luke 4, chapter 1, verse 1. says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert. Uh, I love half of that verse. Jesus, awesome, full of the Spirit, awesome, was led by the Spirit, amazing, into the wilderness. Not a fan. Not a fan. How many of you have ever felt that you have been in a wilderness? You may feel like you're there right now. Let me tell you the backstory to this. See, Jesus had been been raised by a family, a faith-filled family, for 30 years. And as he turns 30, he goes down to the Jordan River and he's baptized by John the Baptist. And as he's baptized by John the Baptist, the Spirit of God comes to rest upon him. The Holy Spirit rests upon him. Heavens open and God begins to speak. And he says, this is my beloved son. In him, I am well pleased. It is an amazing moment. It's a moment that Jesus has been waiting for his entire life where the Spirit of God now comes to rest upon him. And now that he has heard the voice of God speak words of love and affirmation, now that he has received the gift of the Holy Spirit, the first thing that happens is God takes him out into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights where he is tempted and he is tested. This is not how I had a picture of ministry beginning. And yet 40 for the Hebrew people was a very significant number. It is a season of refining. It's a season of purifying. It's a season of testing. If you remember, Moses was up in the presence of God on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. Noah was in the ark and it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. This is a significant number and a significant moment in Jesus' story. Because God was leading him by his spirit to prepare him for whatever was going to come next. And I just felt like the Lord needed to remind us, wanted to remind us, maybe just wanted to remind me, that sometimes we don't get to the wilderness because we're outside of of God's will. We find ourselves in the wilderness because we were living into God's will. There was something that had to happen that was going to activate, catalyze, what the Holy Spirit was doing in Jesus within those 40 days. He went to the desert. He had already received the Holy Spirit. But something happened in those 40 days, and I'm going to show you in a minute, that woke something up inside of him, catalyzed, energized, awakened the Holy Spirit to move not only on Jesus, but through Jesus. Do you hear me? If you are living in the wilderness, you feel like, God, I know what it is like. Let me tell you, I know what it is like to fast and to pray And then to obey, knowing that I have heard God and find myself in a dry and barren land going, God, what happened? How did I get here? But I also know that in those seasons, God will lead me out of the wilderness and I will come out different than I went in. Jesus came out of the wilderness different than he went in. If you feel like God has led you into a wilderness, let me just say to you, by the Spirit of God, you are coming out different than you went in. We are not a people, we are not a people who remain in the wilderness. Jesus comes back across the Jordan River. The Jordan River for the people of God was a line of demarcation between wilderness and promised land. 
And God led them in the wilderness for 40 years. That's their number again where he taught them what it meant to be his people. And he came out of the wilderness, crossed the Jordan. You remember the story, Joshua 1, right? God says it's time to go over. There is a, there is, the, the river is at flood stage. And so God says you're going to cross the river. It's not the right time to cross the river. And so God asked them to do something very unusual. doesn't make any sense. Tell the priest to put the ark on their shoulders and just start walking. Who wants to be the first priest? Come again, Joshua. What what are we doing? But what happens? They start walking out of the wilderness into the land of promise. God goes before them and the waters part. Let me say to you in this season, if you start finding the voice of God inviting you to do something that looks or feels unconventional, it doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. It means God is preparing to move as we move. The Jordan River did not stop until they stepped foot into the river. Sometimes God will ask us to do things that don't make sense to our natural mind because he is a supernatural God. You hear me? So it's time to step out of the wilderness. Jesus says, John 4, 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Say, in the power. So he went into the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit, but he comes out of the wilderness, it says, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues. Everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom, and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. There is a period of time where Jesus has completed those 40 days of testing or purifying or refining. And it's time to step out of the wilderness and into wonder. And he crosses the Jordan River out of the wilderness into the land of promise. And he does it having been commissioned and doing it on mission. He goes back to his hometown, the town where he was raised. And he steps into church. He steps into the synagogue as was his custom. And when it's time for him to read, he begins to read from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he begins to speak of a plan of God and a promise of God that predated his time in the wilderness. See, Jesus' time in the wilderness was part of God's plan, part of God's progression. Jesus reaches all the way back to a prophet named Isaiah. And in Isaiah 61, he says of Jesus, and Jesus says, Now it is of me, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. God has rested his Spirit on me for a purpose. Say purpose. God does not simply deposit his spirit upon us so we might feel good and have fun. God deposits his spirit upon us for a purpose. That makes us a people 
not only of promise, but a people of purpose. Jesus stands up in the synagogue and says, I understand my purpose. This is what it is, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Scripture says that you were fearfully and wonderfully made, handcrafted in your mother's womb. Every day ordained for you was ordained for you before one of them came to be, which means God has a plan and a purpose for you that also predates whatever wilderness you may have found yourself in. God's plans and God's purposes include this season of wilderness wandering, but you do not stay there. And when I said a few minutes ago, I feel a prophetic invitation, what I mean by that is I feel like the Lord is saying to us as a community, as a large C church, body of Christ, in this area, it is time to step back across the Jordan River, stop living in the wilderness, though God had ordained that season for a time, and start living into the promise. Do you hear me? John, what does that look like? I'm not that sure. Like, I I heard the invitation, but this is how it works with me and Jesus most of the time. John, let's go do something. Okay, God, what? I'll show you when we get there. Ever hear of a man named Abraham? Go to the land you know not. Sounds great. People of Israel, follow the cloud of fire, the cloud of smoke. When you get there, you'll get there. But Jesus is inviting us to posture ourselves in a way that says to him, I'll go wherever you're going. I have a friend I was listening to about a month ago, and he just said, listen, I'm tired of being on defense. I want to, it's time, does anybody else just want to get on offense a little bit? Does anybody else want to stop talking about how hard it's been and looking backward and start looking forward to what God is going to do next? I think this is the season that we are stepping into, that God is saying, I acknowledge it's been hard, but I have been refining you. Listen, you you may think that you haven't done all that great over the last couple of years in COVID. Can I tell you, you're still here, which means you're winning? Do you know that 33% of the church in America isn't there anymore? But you are. You are. So whether you felt like you did it right or wrong, you did it. And so now you are postured and positioned in a way that God can say it's time for you to step over the Jordan into the land of promise. But remember, the land of promise is not simply about what we can receive, but it's about what we can do, how we can become agents of change and restoration in a community. Isaiah, Jesus only quotes the first part of, of what Isaiah says in Isaiah 61. Let me read you the rest of it. Well, not the rest of it. It's a big book. We'd be here for a minute. But right after the part that Jesus quotes, the prophet Isaiah goes on to say, he goes on to explain the purpose of that anointing of the sovereign Lord that has come to rest upon them. And he says, when this happens, they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will replace, excuse me, they will restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. You will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. If you look around and you see cities our city, a part of our city that is in disrepair, that is broken. God says the anointing comes upon you and you become part of the change that redeems and restores the parts of your community that are broken. You hear me? I know you are. I'm talking to the rest of them. 
I think you are. What's true of Jesus, when he steps out and he says, the sovereign Lord has anointed me, is true of you as well. Not just because I want it to be true, but because Scripture says it's true. 1 John 2.20 says, you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have an anointing. You, you have been, the Holy Spirit has given himself to you, has rested himself upon you in a way that empowers you for service. I don't have much more to say than that, which is really weird for me. There's, let me challenge you with something. I've, I've been here, November, December, January, 16 months. There is a, should I put this? There is a lack of respect that the city of Lompoc gets from people who live in Lompoc. Ah, we're just Lompoc. Nobody loves us. We're Lompoc, off the beaten path. I mean, I, I hear it time and time again. I mean, I hear it from people outside of the community as well. Usually when they're going to meet, why did you move to Lompoc? And here's what I'm disciplining myself to say to them. Because Lompoc is the city that Jesus loves. And I am learning to love it like he does. Guys, it begins with us seeing ourselves as redemptive agents of the Spirit of God in whatever community he has placed us. So one of the things that we have to do is we have to discipline our own mouths and how we speak about the city that Jesus loves, that he has called us to. Scripture says, seek the welfare, the well-being of the city to which I have called you. He says that to people who are living in exile as, as slaves and servants to another empire. How much more, then, is that true of us? I feel like, and I'm going to be done in a minute because I could keep... I don't want to get ahead of Jesus here. God's ready to do something here. He's ready to do something in this community. And he's, he's looking at his kids. He's looking at you and me. He's saying, do you want to do this with me? Do you want to be one who is able to stand and say, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me? The spirit of God has rested upon me to speak freedom to the captive, to bind up the brokenhearted. Guys, I'm not looking for people to preach on a street corner. Street corner. I'm looking for people who are willing to lay down their lives in act of love and service to a community. If, you, if, if, your, if your goal, as you hear this, never mind, I'll, I'm going to soapbox that one. I hear you, but I'm going to be self-disciplined. Guys, Jesus loves you and Jesus loves this city. I, I have a couple goals. Um, you know, one is, one is to pray as a, as a church for every church in this community. That's an easy goal. Probably 50, 55 churches in our area. But my other goal is to pray for every household in our community. It's 14,000. I'm not doing that on my own. That's one of the things we're going to do together. 
in this year. Because I believe as we pray for our city and as we pray for our churches, then the Spirit of God begins to do what only He can do. The city is redeemed, restored, and set free. This is our job as the people of God. This is what it means to bring the kingdom of God to bear wherever you live. We're going to talk about that this year. We're going to spend the next couple of months here talking about how we posture ourselves to an invitation like that, how we, how we live out our day-to-day in a way that when God speaks to us, we're ready to move. We're able to hear. I've, I've been a pastor for, gosh, 25, 26 years, maybe longer than that. I'm only 34, so, you know, I started doing that when I was eight. And one of the things that I've learned, you probably learned this by being a Christian too, you, you can get used to doing what you do. And then you miss when God wants to do something new. And so as your pastor, I'm trying to posture myself in a way that says, God, when you want to do something new, I'm ready. And I'll hear, I'll, I'll take some risks. Uh, I'll show up on a Sunday morning when my friend is coming with his church with no notes, being one to look like a moron. Great timing, Pastor. God, I'll take some risks. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to look a little foolish. I would rather look foolish, be at risk at looking foolish, than not give the Holy Spirit room to do what he wants to do. So I guess the invitation is I'm looking for some people who want to look funny with me. Thanks, Josh. (laughs) Wendy and and Tammy are going to come back. Here's a scripture that says it's, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So I can get excited, I can get hyped up, I can hype you up and say, hey, let's go take that hill, let's go tackle that whatever, let's go fight that fight. And then we won't run out ahead of God and get a little frustrated. Or we can posture ourselves in a way that says, God, because it's by your spirit, I'm simply going to make room for you to do whatever it is that you want to do. Whatever it is that you want to do. So we're going to lift this song as a prayer. And I'm going to invite you again to posture yourself however you feel like you should. We're going to start in a moment by standing together as you're able. But if you want to come to the front and kneel, altar's open. If you want to kneel where you are, just let Jesus know. God, I don't have all the answers and I may not get it all right, but I'm going to make room for you to do whatever you want to do. I'm going to make room for you to do whatever you want to do. Because, guys, that's what's key from stepping to stepping out of the wilderness and back into wonder back into the land of promise. Let's stand together. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you. Invite you to do whatever it is that you want to do. We will make room for you, Lord God. Hear our song. Hear our prayer. Pastor Craig. Thank you for being with us.
Jesus, bringing your people. This is kingdom, one family, worshiping Jesus together. I, I think what God is doing, he's doing among all of us. So would you pray, whatever, whatever the Spirit puts on your heart for all of us. God, you've been amazing in so many ways. We thank you today, God, for being so amazing that you displayed your love by sending your only begotten son, Jesus the Christ, to shed his blood for the sins of every person in this space, every person in this community, every person in this world. And for that, we thank you today. Yes, God. We thank you for this display of kingdom. For there's one God, there's one Savior, there's one Spirit, and there's one body. Yes. And we thank you right now for allowing us to join hands. Thank you, God, for showing us what kingdom looks like. Thank you, God, for the reminder in your word that we can pass over from the wilderness to the promise. And today we declare in the name of Jesus that the promise has been revealed and that we have the courage and the strength needed to take your promise. So, God, we ask you right now, would you look over every person in this space? Will you touch those that's never felt your touch before? Will you anoint those that have not felt your anointing before? Would you remind every person in this space that they have been fearfully and wonderfully made by you and in your likeness and your image? And because of that, Satan, you are a liar. You're a thief. You're a cheat and you have no power. And we declare today that all power is in the hands of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. And for that, we've been forgiven of every sin. And we've been washed clean of our sin. And God, we thank you right now. We love you. We honor you. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, can we shout amen. Come on, church. Let's give him a hand of praise. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.